we just thank you lord for this sunday we thank you god that this isn't any other sunday god this is this sunday this is the 6th of november and father god we thank you that you have got plans for today the 6th of november we thank you lord god for what you've done in the week lord leading up to this we thank you for what you got in store for us this day this moment and we just say holy spirit to have your way to shape us to mold us to change us to convince us to convict us to to do a work within us that we would be changed with ever increasing glory into the image of your son jesus so we just say you are welcome here have your way in jesus name and his people said amen so if you've got your bibles as much as it's going to be up on the screen we are going to first thessalonians first thessalonians i'm also going to go to corinthians but for now it'll be thessalonians it'll be somewhere here but i'll get there soon enough so i'm going to read from chapter three we're going to um, look at verses six through to eleven um, off the top of my head and we'll see where we go from there is that all right so take a breath but timothy has now has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love that's really important your faith and love he has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us just as we long to see you i really love this verse this is actually quite an incredible verse when you consider the season that we've come out of so many of us have missed out on fellowship over the last few years that people are still trying to determine what that looks like what was normal then doesn't seem to be normal now because what was normal then for many is too much now yeah and what we are about to find is you've got this church these people that have been through distress and persecution and yet and yet it says he's told us that you all about the pleasant memories he's told us about the good news about your faith and how you long to see us There's, we're in a season where now more than any other people don't go to church i don't know why i don't understand why and i don't want to speak into the politics of why they don't want to go whether they've been hurt whatever it is but here we've got a people that have been through a, a, a similar if not a much a far worse season that are longing to see each other longing to spend time with each other anyway verse 7 therefore brothers and sisters in all our distress and persecution we were encouraged about you because of your faith yeah i love this for now we really live so our faith right our faith has the ability to actually influence someone else that they can say because of your faith man you know what now i'm really living man this is what life's about you have so inspired me and that 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 is brilliant in itself for now we really live since you are standing firm in the lord how can we thank god enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our god because of you night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith you've got to love how delicate paul is like he's just encouraged them three or four times over and and just gently after he's encouraged them i uh, see i i love this because i can learn from it my wife tells me i'm not very good at this 
at home, right? He's encouraged them three or four times, and then really gently he says, oh, by the way, um, there's something lacking in you, and we want to help you with that, you know? I love how delicately he puts that. And if we're to be honest, and if we're, we're total, to be totally truthful and transparent, none of us have arrived yet. None of us are Jesus yet. And the truth is, none of us will be until we get home to heaven. Otherwise, we'd be walking across water. And we wouldn't have some of the hang-ups or trials and tribulations that we have, yeah? And if you're any sort of a spiritual person, you know that. So in all of that, we all need to receive in our areas of lacking because there's all areas that God can work on if we allow him to. Actually, it reminds me, one of the songs that we sang um, was Open Your Heart, yeah? Open your hearts to him. Do you know you can be a Christian and not have your heart open to the Lord? You can actually be a Christian and have parts of your life closed off to him because the, the problem with allowing God, allowing Jesus, allowing Holy Spirit into our heart, all of our heart, is he gets into the nooks and crannies, the pains and the hurts that we've so buried from years ago. And to deal with them, I apologize in advance for the analogy I'm about to use. It's like vomit. He has to bring it up to deal with it. And so we can be walking with the Lord and have a relationship with Jesus, but not allow him into all areas of our heart because there's some pain we'd rather not go through. But to get healing from it, he just needs to get it out. Sometimes it hurts. Anyway. That was for free. Let's keep reading. So, verse 11 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Now, may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus clear the way for us to come to you. May the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone. What is that on my page? Get out the way. For everyone else. People send me messages on my page. I've shared that, haven't I? I have. Yeah, it's just something that was in the way. I'll find that person later. Probably someone in here. <laughs> the, the guests here are wondering what's going on. People send me messages while I preach, so they hit my phone and they can see it light up and so that it disturbs me as I'm speaking. Yes, it's become a game now that I've mentioned it, but that's okay. Anyway, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other. I love this. And for everyone else, just as ours does for you, really leaves you no space at all to be offended with anyone within the house of God, does it? In any church, anywhere, anyone that's ever left because they're offended with anyone, I really don't care if it's an offense against a pastor or just someone that sits in the pews. But may the, may the Lord make your love increase and overflow for each other and for everyone else. Yeah, no excuses. Just throwing it out there. Sometimes it's tough being a Christian, just as ours does for you. Verse 13, may he strengthen your hearts so that you will be blameless and holy in the presence of our God and Father when our Lord Jesus comes with all his holy ones. What a really lovely passage of scripture. Now, for those that weren't here last week, as much as I was talking on money 1 Corinthians 15.58 had two words in it that actually are really, really important for, the, for Corinthians, for chapter 15 and 16, but important for us today. Because verse 58 of chapter 15 of Corinthians reads, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Stand firm. 
If there's two words you and I have to hold on to in Christianity, you stand firm. Stand firm, let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, not half-hearted, fully, just in case you're wondering, fully, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So stand firm. So today I want to jump on those two words, but I want to continue with those two words in First Thessalonians. Because really, this, that passage of Scripture that I just read at the beginning, the, the, the context of all of that passage is this, stand firm even when. Stand firm even when. Even when refers to what we're going through. E- even when refers to what we're struggling with. Even then refers to whatever is happening all around us. You know, and in fact, even when refers to whoever is struggling with whatever they're struggling stand firm even when so you're going to have to indulge me for the moment i need you to repeat after me i want you to say stand firm stand firm even when even when so if you have someone on your right look to them and say even when yeah even when the person on the left they don't have to do that this is just for you people on the right no i'm joking Even when, even when, even when, because some truth. So often in so many countries around the world, particularly developing nations, Christians are martyred for their faith. We know that, don't we? We know that it still happens today in some countries, yeah? We're aware of that. Yeah, killed, killed for their faith. Now, I can't help but wonder if that would actually disrupt the church, that they were attending when you know at the point of their martyrdom would the church be intimidated would that church now shrink back because one of their members has just been killed you know so often what you find is those churches in those areas or something like that has actually happened to them the following week their churches are actually filled with people filled like packed Like that death somehow has inspired every other believer to get into the house of God. Like it's amazing. When you read it, when you read, I mean, if you want to read some of the old stuff, Fox's Book of Martyrs, but you can get online and Google God is really good to give you the up-to-date stuff if you look at the right stuff in the right places. And the, the truth is that the same devil, the same enemy that persecuted John the Baptist, the same devil the same enemy that persecuted peter and paul and had stephen killed that same devil that got a crowd to shout out crucify him crucify him that's the same devil that actually comes against us today the beauty is though he's been defeated through the cross amen and even upon jesus's second coming will be defeated again that that's a a place of joy yeah amen good i'm glad because you're really quiet it's really quite disturbing for a church that's supposed to be charismatic and you know i'd say erring on the side of pentecostal without the lights yeah though the devil tries to attack us in jesus name we we always have the victory amen now that doesn't mean that life's easy it it doesn't mean that that life's easy i've shared more and more and, and and my conviction this year particularly over the last three or four months yeah, and, and, and where Holy Spirit always moves me emotionally is that the heroes of the faith 
uh, are not those that raise the dead. The heroes of the faith are not those that have churches that have got 20,000 people, though I, I would love Mount Clear to have to build a building, put it out there, have 20,000. That would be awesome to have a fifth of Ballarat coming to church in one place. The heroes of the faith are those that go through life's struggles, that have pain and heartache, and yet still wake up in the morning and are somehow able to say God is good. Yeah, they're, they're the heroes of the faith. It's not your boards or elders or, 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 or deacon-possessed people. It's not your pastors. It's, not, it's none of those. It's, it's the people that have been through pain and heartache that can still say God is good something, some, somewhere in all of that. So it doesn't mean that life's easy, even though we know the devil has been defeated and he will be defeated again. There will still be some really terrible days. I apologize in advance. I don't want to trigger anyone, but I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for a moment. And what I want you to imagine today is that you're part of a church that's actually being attacked, part of a church that's being persecuted, but not persecuted like we know it, persecuted like some of these churches in developing nations know it. Part of a church where people have been killed, and I want you to imagine maybe even that maybe it's one of your own family members who's just lost their life. And just by chance, the, the angry, the non-believer, the, 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 the agitator, the instigator, the, 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 the guilty party, whoever he is, actually dies. And I guess God alone determines this and he goes to hell. But yet that person tried to create hell on earth in the church that you're attending. Imagine that just for a moment. Now, we know that the truth is that all of those that, that have died in that situation will go home and will be present with the Lord and will meet with the Lord and one day we will meet with them, amen? We know that. But you and I need to know this. If you're a believer in Jesus, and you can open your eyes now, <laughs> the worst hell that you and I as believers will ever see will be on this earth. You get this, if you're not a believer, if you're someone that doesn't know Jesus, if you're listening at home and you don't know the Lord, the only slice of heaven you will ever see will be here on earth. What a contrast. What a contrast that as believers, the only, the closest thing we'll ever get to hell will be what we experience here on earth. And for a non-believer, the closest thing that they'll ever see of experiencing heaven will be here on earth because of us. That's a sobering truth, isn't it? You know, we know that those that have been martyred, that have lost their lives, that, are, that they're in heaven now, and, and we know joyfully, right, this is, this is happy, right? There's no more sorrow. There's no more weeping. There's no more hurt. There's no more pain. So for me, it's really important that you and I remain a child of the King. And if you don't know Jesus, I would say reach out to someone that does and ask them. Get to know Jesus. Get to make him your King. Do you know many of those persecuted churches sing exactly the same songs that you and I sung here today? They have websites like we have, probably better than we have. But how, how do you shepherd a flock how do you shepherd a flock of people that have been through that pain? How do you care for and pastor a flock when your heart has been ripped out? How do you do that? 
when your congregation has been decimated. And we know that God's people in the New Testament, they, they were persecuted. We know that those persecuted churches, we know that they're going to receive love. Or when something happens overseas, there's, there's just people that, that garner strength, finance, resource. They go over, they help, they do things. But it's a reminder that you and I, we're not alone. We might be in these four walls, but we're not alone. We actually need family. And it's a reminder that we need each other. Yeah, We need the greater church. It's also it's a reminder that we're not in competition. I continually say, and unashamedly, I, can, I am very biased. It doesn't matter for me if we have 10 people or if we have 5,000. I think we're the best church in Ballarat. I'm really good friends with Tim Walter at Yorkie and Tim, Tim Clark over at Peel and Harley over at Rise. We're friends. We hang out. We do coffee. But if I didn't think this was the best church, then I wouldn't come here. I'd go to where I felt I was going to grow, I was going to flourish, where I feel like it's home. So I'm quite happy saying that this is the best church, but we're not in competition with each other. When they have victories, we celebrate. I might get a little bit jealous at times, you know. Oh, that's awesome. Someone donated $20,000. <laughs> I am wrapped for you. I'm sure they put it in the wrong account. I think it was supposed to be mine. Like, oh, that's great. Someone built all of that, painted all of that. That's so good. Have they got time to come past here? You know, like, we're not in competition, though. We are legitimately not in competition. We're on the same team. And we need each other. Amen? Like, we need each other. And, and the passage, this passage in Thessalonians, is all about helping each other stand firm. It's what it's about. In the midst of tragedy, stand firm. And there's plenty, there's plenty more scripture right through the, the entire Bible, let alone the New Testament, about standing firm. I mean, I read the one from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But what about 1 Peter 5, verses 8 and 9? Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Verse 9, resist him, standing firm in faith. Because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. I think it's incredible that we're looking at verse 7 of 1 Thessalonians with everything that we've been through as a people in the last few years, with everything that we're still coming to grips with, even this post-COVID world, with everything that we're hearing around the world at the moment, wars and rumours of wars and no fuel, lack of fuel, electric cars, no oil, lots of oil, sabotage, nuclear bombs, you know. Like you think about the world that we're in right now, the stuff that we're hearing right now. And so it's incredible for me that we're looking at verse, verse 7 today with all of that we've experienced because verse 7 says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress... In all our persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. You know, many, many of the pastors of those persecuted churches, I believe, have probably got dreams where they, they're able to talk to the, the whole town, the whole village, the whole city, yeah? That, that's their dream, to be able to bring the gospel, have influence. But I can guarantee you, 
None of them imagined or dreamed that it would be possible and made possible by tragedy. Yeah? I wonder what, what I would say if I was in a church where people had been martyred. I wonder what you, what you would say if you're in a church where those around you were martyred because of their faith. You know, I know this, that after the breaking comes the blessing. After the breaking comes the blessing. And, and in order for there to be blessing, sometimes there needs to be a breaking. And I know that sometimes we go through a breaking, we go through a hurt that is, is so bad that we think, man, it, it, it can't, it shouldn't have to work like this. For my blessing to come, I, I shouldn't have to go through all of this. I, I don't understand everything that everyone has been through. I don't. And, and, and more often than not, when people share really deep hurt and pain, Part of me is like, man, I hope I never have to understand that. But this one thing I know, that the body of Jesus had to be broken for you and I to receive the blessing from it. This one thing I know, that the woman with the alabaster jar, that jar had to be broken before that perfume, that scent, could fill the room. And not only did it fill the room, after it was broken, that woman left that place, get this, Remember, because she used that oil to anoint Jesus, she left that place and she smelt like Jesus. There had to be a breaking before the blessing. And so you might be going through some kind of breaking, some kind of distress or struggle. But if we'll surrender our heart to the Lord, our best days could actually be ahead of us. Because after the breaking comes the blessing. And I think it's our time for all of us to stand firm. Stand firm. Stand firm even when. Stand firm even when. Stop being so wobbly. Stand firm in your faith. Stop being so wobbly. Stand firm in, in hope. Don't be the believer whose faith ebbs and flows and is influenced by everything that we go through. Don't, don't be that believer. Instead, stand firm in the Lord. I know we get bumps. We all we all get bumped in life. We all get knocked and we can all be discouraged. But we have to stand firm in Jesus. We've got to stand firm in our relationships. As a pastor, I constantly pray and declare over this house. You know, there, there, there won't be affairs in this house. No, there won't be pornography in this house. We're going to stand firm for relationship, mature relationships in this house with wives respecting husbands, husbands respecting wives. Because that's the right thing. You know, when it comes to raising our kids, we need to stand firm in Jesus' name. You know, they say, and it's, it's sad almost because my son is 16, so now I've, from what they say, I've lost influence. But I'm hoping I've influenced enough. Because they say that up to the age of 15, children will do what you tell them to do. And actually, in this season, it's probably getting even younger than that. They also say, though, that from the age of 15, they will do what they've seen us doing. Yeah, So that's a challenge for us, that we've got to stand firm in our parenting. You know, yes, there'll come a day when our kids will grow up and move out. For the mums, that's a sorrowful time. For the dads, that's yes, amen, hallelujah. I've got a room I can use for something, you know, like I'm going to save cash. They eat so much. 
I look like I'm the one that's eating, but all the money goes to them. We've got to stand firm. You know, you may already have kids that have moved out. You know, you may have already experienced that. Those that are home, there's probably hundreds of you that have already experienced that. And you might say to yourself, now's the time for us. You know, we've received from the church. We've been part of it. We've invested in it. Now we're just going to have a little bit of fun. You know, now we're, we're grey nomads. Kids aren't here. You know, we, we're going to start going to some nice restaurants. Might take some good holidays. You know, we'll go to all sorts of events. Now, I'm not saying that those things are bad. I, I like all of those things. I like a nice restaurant. I love lo lovely food. I love getting away on a holiday. These things are good. But let's make sure we stand firm in our faith. Let's make sure that we stand firm in our service, as 1 Corinthians 15, 58 said, you know, work fully for the work of the Lord. Oh, you know, but sometimes you do. You have that conversation with people. It's often in, in our heads. But, oh, pastor, you know, serving, service is so boring. It's actually such a drag to to have to serve in a church like I mean like service is probably the worst thing you could ever do right <laughs> I feel sorry for those that get stuck on I love the fact that Mel um, made mention particularly of of Ray and Vicky and Stephen but you know can you imagine the thoughts I feel sorry for them they can't worship properly they have to be stuck behind there on the data, concentrating. Those on the sound, if anything goes wrong, no one blames the musicians. Everyone looks at the sound person. And often the sound person is saying, I know which musician just changed something. I'm going to kill him after. You know? <laughs> Look, it's true, I'm telling you. Like, these, these, these poor servants, I mean, I feel sorry for those that have to get stuck and have to teach in our kids' church. I mean, these servants, these volunteers, these poor people, I mean, I've managed to, to get away without doing any service, any serving. Isn't that awesome? No, not at all. You know, you often find that those who are serving are alive to God and those that aren't are pretty dull. And so this, I, I say this, and really, I just... I mean, it, no offence. For those that are, are guests here, you probably need to get to know my heart. But maybe it's time for the church in general to wake up. Wake up and get serving in Jesus' name. You know, wake up. Maybe it's time for us to get back into kids' church. I love the fact that Mel talked about some of the stuff that we've got planned so that we can be equipped on dealing with neurodiverse children, children that need extra attention. Because I don't know why, at the moment... The families that come through this house, we seem to have an influx of neurodiverse children. That just means that those that aren't that way get distracted because those children don't focus in the same way. So we want to be able to provide the best thing that we can. So we've got some training to try to help people. We're trying to do it the best we can. We're bouncing off bigger churches, learning how they do stuff. All I say is if you've got a heart, if you've got patience, maybe speak to Mel, speak to Jemima. Maybe you can volunteer once every two months to get alongside some of those children that need some of that extra TLC so that the other children can continue to work through their lesson and they can flow in and out of that safely and nicely. Amen? You know, this is not a time for us to retire. Look, I'm 52. 52. When I was 30, I never imagined I'd be 40. 
In fact, I don't think there was any ever a time in my life I imagined I would be 50, ever, ever. I, didn't, I just didn't think I'd ever be 50. And here I am, I'm 52. Lo and behold, I remember when Mike Skews for, that came and sp- spoke here, our, our local Christian counsellor that we encourage everyone to go to because it's important for us to be the best us for everyone around us, was saying that his grandson, who'd been through a bit of a tragedy himself and had a heart attack and now has got a, uh, you know, a, a defibrillator in his chest, 17-year-old, said to him, oh, Pops, I'm going to spend as much time with you as possible because we've probably only got 15 years because Mike's 65. <laughs> so Mike goes, he's suggesting that I'm going to die by the age of 70. That's only 15 years. That's really close. I'm starting to feel a little bit like that. I'm only 52. So for those that are older, I, I can empathize there a, a little bit, you know. But it's not time for us to retire or to say, and again, you've got to hear my heart. Or, or for us to say, you know what, I'll come to church this week, but every second week I'm going to go on holidays. Holidays are great, but I don't think it's our time to do that. Or, or, or you know what, we're going to spend our money. We're just going to have a good time. You and I, we're going to have a good time when we get to heaven. All I know is that there's 100, 110,000 people in Ballarat and lucky if there's 2,500 people in church. It's not good, is it? It's not time for us to retire. And while we're on earth, it would suggest that we've got to serve the Lord fully, fully serve the Lord. You know, there's a saying amongst ministers that if you're a minister, you actually, even if you retire from ministry, you actually never, ever retire from ministry, ever. Can I teach you something biblically? You're going to love this. Biblically, we're all priests. We're all ministers. That means all of you, those listening at home, you don't get a chance to retire in the Lord. Because if I don't, you don't. We don't, it's not a, not a, not a time for us to retire. So don't, don't make this a doctrine. Don't make this, and don't go away offended. Hear my heart. We just need to stand firm for us and all those around us because we always need to give ourselves fully to the work of the Lord. We need to stand firm in the one to seven. Yeah? One day to the proportion of six. Six others, one day out of seven days devoted to the Lord. Stand firm in that. Look, stand firm. Hear this. Stand firm in that. I'm going, now I'm on a hobby horse. I said earlier that up until the age of 15, children do what, what we teach and say. But after that, they do what they've seen. They no longer listen to us, but they do what they've learned from us. So if you're at home, and you no longer come to church and you have children under the age of 15, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't, don't make their faith the sacrifice you make. Don't nail their faith to the cross so that they can enjoy life. Better is one day in the courts of the Lord than a thousand elsewhere. Yeah? I'd rather argue and wrestle with my kids, my five kids, and I have, to get into the house of God than to wrestle them in because they're not doing something else. I would rather drag them here and stop them somewhere else because at least I'm, for me, this is for me, I'm positioning them in the place and the presence of God where the Holy Spirit can arrest their heart. And then if that's our life at home, then that's what they do, Yeah? 
We've got to stand firm. Last week I was talking about money. So we've got to stand firm in the one in ten. One amount in every ten that the Lord gives to us is for the work of the Lord. Again, I'm going to say, I don't get it when people don't tithe. I don't get it when people don't give. Because you know why? I'm going to, now I'm going to offend people. Sorry, Mel. It's a lack of faith. For those that are at home, if you don't give into the house, I'm telling you, it's about a lack of faith. Because if you had faith, you'd sow and trust in Him. It's not about where you sow, though the tithe is for the storehouse, but it's about the fact that you sow. How can you say you have faith and not give? There are people that are dying in countries that have given everything, their life, their money, their resource, their talent. And yet there are people in Christian churches everywhere, I can't give, I don't trust the pastor. I'm not giving, I don't like that elder. Oh my goodness. Don't be like that. That's not the church. We're supposed to be in unity. We've got to stand firm in our pain. You know, so many people are in pain. You know, one of the greatest problems in our nation today is drinking and drugs, addiction. Don't turn to those things in your pain. Turn to God. And in fact, turn to those that are in the house that you can talk to. Better that you face up to shame than face up to a bottle. Better that you face up to shame and you will never be shamed in this house, I can guarantee you, than you become addicted to something to null the pain. Even the way people drive, that's me included, yeah? Amen. Amen. Thanks, Malcolm. For those that are listening at home, Malcolm just said, for those that have an addiction, drugs, alcohol, that he has been there, been through that, and he's opening himself up to say, if you are there, reach out to him and so that he can journey with you. Amen. I encourage you to do that. You know, people drive crazy, don't they? They text when they drive. Don't say anything, Samuel. <laughs> Do you know what I discovered today? That apparently it's a law in every state of Australia that you're actually not supposed to eat or drink in the car because if a police officer, police officer sees you even drinking and they might have a moment where they think that you don't have control of the car they can fine you for that because you've only got one hand on the wheel. I grew up eating Big Macs, steering with my knees. What am I supposed to do now? Anyway. <laughs> First Peter says we need to be sensible. Sensible. That's in everything, even our driving. And sober-minded. Stand firm in fellowship. Stand firm in family groups. You know, one day, all the great institutions, all the great buildings will fall, but the church will stand. Because why? The Word of God will endure forever. Forever. So we're called to stand. And here we have First Thessalonians, and Paul kicks off and he says, I'm thankful because you stood firm. I'm thankful because you were standing firm. There's a sense of joy. There's a sense of appreciation. He's actually a really wise pastor. He's encouraging them. He's not 
flattering them because it's true that they were standing firm. And so he's just speaking out the truth. And that's how encouragement works, by the way. Right? Thank you for standing firm. And then, and first he would say that that church, and, and he says about Timothy, that the good news that Timothy would bring, you know, that Timothy brought good news. So he calls the church good news. He says that Timothy brought good news. That would suggest, yeah, go with me, that even for us here, Family Life Church, we are a good news church because we share the same thing that Timothy shared, and that's the gospel. You know, I know there are people who have so appreciated this particular church. I know there are people in the community that are learning to appreciate the church, and some of them because of God's Christmas gifts and other things that are happening out of this place. I believe that Jesus himself would look at this church and say, it's a good news church because we've been standing firm in our faith. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, we were encouraged about you because of your faith. (laughs) There's three types of faith to talk about, but I'm out of time and my wife's looking at me. Time flies when you're having fun, yeah? Time flies when you're having fun. This so, oh my goodness, no, I don't want to stop. I've got to stop. People have to go home. Dang. Where do I stop? Where do I leave this? We know that there's a, a salvation faith, people believing in Jesus. You know, a faith that says the only way to heaven is, is, is through Him and because of Him. The only way to get through life and those persecutions, those trials, those tribulations is because of Jesus. That's, that's a salvation faith, but then there's an action faith. You and I, we've got to live in an action faith where you know, we're going to have a bold faith. 2023 is coming, so we need to be able to boldly declare, almost like Star Trek, we're going to boldly go where no man has gone before. Yeah? If, for those of you that don't like Star Trek, shame on you. Anyway, right? but we've got to be bold, bold in our faith. And say, so, you know what? We, we do want to see a house that's full of people, but we want to see a house that's full of God. Yeah, so that when people encounter those that walk out of this place, they actually meet Jesus. I, I was in the shopping center and so-and-so from Family Life Church noticed that I had what well, was limping and he prayed for me and I was healed. Or he prayed for me and I wasn't, but he prayed for me. Was such a strange person that came up and did that. I might walk across the road and suss them out. Maybe we just need to have a bold faith and err on the side of faith. And action faith is where we plan for something and we step out. Having faith is not sitting in the boat. Having faith is stepping out of it. And then there's a persevering faith. This is the kind of faith that is so connected to faithfulness. It's a steadiness. It's, it's a faith that people have when they've been through pain and they still have faith. It's a faith that people have, like my friend John Kellogg, who even in his 90s has never, you know, may have had his moments of ebbs and flows, but hasn't wavered in his faith. It's a persevering faith. You know, life hasn't thrown it around and hasn't cast it out. I'm still holding on. I have persevering faith. And Paul rejoices in all of that because they stand firm in faith. 
but they also stand firm in love and this is where I'm going to leave it and I'll pick it up next week you've got to have faith to stand firm but notice in verse 6 but Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about you about your faith and love see it's your faith and love it's both love is part of the story and this is why I want to leave it here so we have to bring love in you and I as his children must bring love in we've got to love one another we've actually we have to love that which is not even lovely to love it's one of those things to love those that like you and and uh, are, are like you but it's another thing to love those that aren't so very nice and aren't like you at all that's when the real love manifests in that place so for me when I look around family life church what I see is I see love I've seen the journey over the last 12 years I know the history of the church and, and there's kindness here there's there's caring here there's good ministering here there's good work and there's generosity that flows through this place. It's not about size. It will never be about size. Mel and I, we thank God for every one of you that are here. Those that are at home, we thank God for every one of you. We have to stand firm in faith and in love. Why don't we stand now? <laughs> somehow next week i'll continue how's that can we stand firm can i actually bring a, a point of action can we stand firm can you stand firm in your faith are you prepared to stand firm even when life is not kind are you prepared to stand firm in your faith so much so that it inspires other people that they look to you and say now i can really live will you stand firm so that when other people see your faith they're actually encouraged in their own faith so much so that regardless of the season that they've been through regardless of whether they they're vaccinated or not vaccinated wearing masks it doesn't matter whether they're voting labor or liberal it doesn't matter i still long to be with you because your faith has so inspired me now i really live because now i know what living is all about with jesus with faith with love you prepared to be that person? Man, I, I want to be that person. I'm going to step towards being that person. I figure there's more pain and heartache in life to come, you know, from the stories that I've heard from people. Thanks for sharing those stories. Uh, but you know what? If I've, got, if I've got the Lord with me, if I have Holy Spirit inside of me, if I've got those around me that will journey with me, if we're being open, honest, transparent, and people know the times that we're ebbing and flowing so that they come alongside us and they can share the burden with us. You know what? Then I have nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. Let's be a church. Let's be a people that has nothing to fear. Let's be a people that will stand firm in everything, stand firm with our kids, our relationships, in our workplaces that will bring glory to God in all that we do and say. Amen.
So, Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this time. I'm sorry that I'm out of time. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you can take the things that I've said, Lord, that you can make sense of them for our hearts, that we would walk away, God, Lord, inspired, really living, really alive, Father, wanting to stand firm in our faith in every situation. We thank you for our time of worship. We thank you for your presence continually, constantly, always. We always say that you're welcome here. We look forward and we long to be together. We long to see each other. May we always have that desire, Lord, deep within our hearts. And so, Lord, for this moment, we just say thank you. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you've said. Thank you for what you're doing within us. We look forward to gathering again and we give glory to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hey, have a wonderful Sunday. Enjoy your coffee. Come back. For overflow from 5.45 or 6, you will really enjoy it. Thanks for listening and God bless you all.